going to do what we hear, do what we, we know, and, and be obedient to God or we're not. God has kind of put us into that place where either we either will or we won't. I mean, it's, it's that simple. So let's, let's look in 1 Samuel chapter number 15. Brother Scott, you come on over and read for us. Uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 3 and then just a few other verses. And, and let's pay close attention. How many of y'all love Jesus today? Raise your hand. Love Jesus. How many of y'all need him to speak to you right now? We need a word for this hour. Amen? We have it. Let's read uh, 1 Samuel chapter number 15, verse number 3. All right. 1 Samuel chapter number 15, and beginning in verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid in wait for him in the way when he came up, up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not, but slay both man and woman and infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. Verse number 7. And in verse number 7 the Bible says, And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah, until he cometh to Shur, that is over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive, and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatlings, and the lambs, and all that, that, was, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refused, that they destroyed utterly. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he is turned back from following me and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet, Sam, to meet Saul in the morning, he, it was told to Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set up a place, and has gone about, and he passed on and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What meaneth, what meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears, and the lowing of the ox which I hear? And Saul said, They have, they have brought them from the Amalekites, and for the people who have spared the best of the sheep and of all the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God. And, to re and the, the rest we have utterly destroyed. And Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord hath said, up to me, hath said unto me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee to be king over Israel? And the Lord sent thee on the journey. And he said, Go utterly to the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord? But didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord. And Samuel said unto Saul, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and I have gone the way of the Lord sent me. And I have brought Agag, the king of Amalekites, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people, of the spo but the people took the spoils of the sheep and the oxen, and the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord, by the Lord thy God, in, in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices in o as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Say it again. To obey is better than sacrifice. Everybody say it. To obey 
is better than sacrifice. And to hearken than the and to and to hearken than the fat of the rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is an iniquity in idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. And all God's people say it. You may be seated. You may be seated. Did we have any first timers this morning? Did we have any first-timers this morning? If you were a first-time attender and you filled out one of those prayer cards, could you hold that up real quick? We want to go ahead and take them up real quick. We want to uh, uh, take them. We're going to be praying for you right here in the middle. All right, church, let's give all of our first-time attenders a hand. Let them know we're glad they're here. Amen? Show our appreciation to them today. Amen. You are an answer of prayer. We've been praying that you would be here and that we could be a blessing to you. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. God, now talk to us. This is, this is, this is just straight up keeping it real, Lord. I pray, Lord, that your will be done. In Jesus' name, and all God's people say it, amen. I, I was sitting, I, this, this message reminds me of this. Uh, I, was, I, I, I was sitting in the in the, the the choir ready room over here uh waiting for the early service and and uh brandon brandon walked in and and uh, uh brandon good and and most of y'all know he's he's a little different uh uh he's he skateboards and stuff and he's probably fell on his head two or three times so he's he's out there he jumps out of airplanes and jumps off houses onto uh cardboard boxes he just loves to do stuff like that and and uh uh obviously he's got an issue amen but uh, he walked out. He walked out the door, and I was sitting there. I said, "Hey, bud, what's happening?" He said, "Preaching, just keeping it real, just keeping it real." I thought, "Well, you know what? That's that's what God is doing today. He's just he's just keeping it real." I, I this message is not. It's really not going to be profound. It's it's not. I, I I mean, I try my best to study stuff that will um, have you think hmm and just wow and, and and all of that. And usually when when God unveils stuff like that, but this is really in your face. Two plus two equals four. Amen. I mean, it is really simple stuff that we're really having issues with in America. We really are. We're having issues within the church in America. Uh, we are looking at a subject. Uh, uh, this subject today is uh, obedience. Obedience. Uh, we, you say, what does that got to do with the transformation? We've been going and, and teaching and preaching about the transformation mode and, and, and going from a crowd to a church and going from a, a baby Christian to a seasoned saint and mature uh, uh, soldier of Jesus Christ. And, and we talked last week about the subject of faith. And how important faith is. Faith is the beginning of everything. Faith is so important. Uh, by, 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 for by grace you are saved through faith, that not of yourself is the gift of God. The just shall live by faith. For without faith it's impossible to please God. And, 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 and it's so important to have faith. But one of the most important components of faith, one of the, one of the most important parts of faith is the subject, obedience. The Bible says that when, when Abraham was called to go to a place that God was going to show him, he obeyed. He obeyed. Well, this, there's, there's, 
There's so much of this that we don't understand, that we don't get, that we try to, and you'll understand what I'm saying in just a minute. And as we read uh, this story of, of King Saul, you'll find out that God had an issue with him because of the situation that we read and what we see. We see there is a king who God has came in. And, and, and matter of fact, if we go back a little further, if we go back a little further in the history, we'll find out that God was reigning over the nation of Israel. And the nation of Israel was looking at the cities around them. They were looking at the peoples around them. And, and everybody else had a king. Everybody else had a king. And they began to cry out to Samuel and said, Give us a king. Everybody else has a king. It's a dangerous thing to want what everybody else has. And so God, God humored them, and then he said, okay, you're not. And Samuel was upset about it, and God said, Samuel, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. And he gave them a king and gave them crazy Saul. Saul had issues. Saul had problems. We see, and he had an issue with impatience. He had an issue with pride. And, and now we are, we are seeing this particular deal. This is almost like a last chance effort that God is giving Saul to prove uh, his, his loyalty, to prove that he's going to be a follower of God. And he said, I'm going to give you a job to do. I've got, a, I've got a mission for you to go on. I need you to go and destroy the Amalekites. Now, before you get all upset about that, the Amalekites had attacked the nation of Israel when they were coming out of Egypt. And remember this, God will always pay back sin. Always. The nation of Israel was coming out of Egypt, and the Amalekites came around and attacked their rear uh, position and the place where the weakest were, and it was basically a cowardly act, and God was bringing retribution and judgment upon that act And them. He said, go destroy everything. I want you to destroy man, woman, and child. I want you to destroy the, the, the oxen. I want you to destroy the livestock. I don't want there to be any remembrance of these people on the planet. Go and do it. Well... We see that he gets the army together. He gets the people together. Hey, listen, he's, he's doing it, and everything seems to be going good. Everything seems to be going right. And here we go. We're going into battle, and the battle is, is done. He is going through, accomplishing, doing what God told him to do. And all of a sudden, he runs up on some of the livestock. Some of the livestock was some good-looking livestock. They thought, hmm, I don't know about this. This really, this don't make sense. I mean, this really, I, I wonder if God really, maybe God overlooked this. He didn't see that. Well, we'll just keep the good stuff and, and all this, the, the, the bad and, the, and, and all. We'll destroy all that, but this really good stuff, we'll just hold on to that. Well, y'all know the story. We read it. Uh, uh, as soon as that took place, God talked to the preacher. Don't you hate when God tells the preacher what to tell y'all? God told the preacher, you listen, he, 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 listen, he did it. He messed up. Go tell him. So the preacher goes and confronts Saul, and, and, and he says, and the first thing, this is, this is kind of humorous, the first thing that, that happens when, when the preacher gets into the presence of the sinner, the sinner says, I did what God told me to do. First thing he said, watch this, watch this. Y'all are looking at me kind of funny. Let me show you. First thing that happens, Saul, Samuel goes to Saul, and this is what he says, verse 13. Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, I mean, Samuel hadn't said one thing about anything yet. He just came into his presence, and the first thing that Saul said, Hey, I performed the commandment of the Lord. Isn't that what we do when we're guilty? We try to justify it and rationalize it. And, and Samuel said, Really? Is that right? He said, What's that? What's that noise? 
if you did the commandment of the Lord, what's that bleeding out here? What's them sheep? Where'd them sheep come from? What, what's the lowing of the oxen back? Oh, that stuff. You know why it's so quiet in here we can have devotion? Because it's getting real, ain't it? Oh, you mean all uh, oh, that, that stuff back there. Oh, the people... They, they, they kept it because they was going to worship. They was just going to give it to God. He's rationalizing. He's rationalizing. Now, we know the story. We know what happens. Now, here's three things about obedience that I want you to take home with you. Three things. Number one. Number one, write this down. If you're taking notes, write this down. The Bible says when Saul, Saul is confronted, this is what God tells him. He said in verse 17, Samuel said, when thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee king of Israel? What is, it, what is he saying? We have an epidemic in America today, especially the church. The last place it should be is the church. But listen, we have an epidemic with this attitude in America. Ain't nobody going to tell me. Y'all quiet. Help me. Ain't nobody going to. It's my life. I'm going to live it the way I want to live it. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't want nobody to. I mean, we got, we got children saying it to parents. We got, we got people saying it to law enforcement. I mean, we just got an epidemic of rebellion in America. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Nobody has a right. What? Listen, I promise you this. If you are here and you are saved, if you are here and you know Jesus as your personal Savior, if you are here and there has been a day that you came before the Lord and, he, and you asked Him to forgive you of your sins and He saved your soul, guess what? You are not the boss anymore. I have no right to... Listen, I have no rights whatsoever. I promise you this. The Bible says this. This is a great verse. A great verse. It says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, What? What? I mean, there's a question mark. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. You are no longer the boss. You are no longer in charge. The moment that you got saved, Jesus became your God. Say amen. It says, how? Why? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Why do I have a responsibility to obey the Lord Jesus Christ? Because there has been a price paid for my salvation. Jesus came and died on an old rugged cross. He shed every ounce of blood in his body to pay for my sin, to pay for my life. Now he is in charge. The life that I live is not my own. The life that I live is Christ and Christ in me. Nobody has a right not to be told what to do. Say amen. You're saved. You're born again. He is God. He is Savior. Listen, even if He didn't save you, He's still God. In Revelation chapter number 4, verse 11, He said, Thou art worthy, for Thou hast created all things, and all things were created for Thy pleasure. They are and were created. He's, he's worthy, and He deserves. He, we are obligated to serve Him because He is our Creator. But even beyond that, He is our Redeemer. We're obligated. Paul, listen, or excuse me, Samuel. Samuel is saying, Listen, Saul, do you remember where you was? 
Saul, you didn't even think you deserved it your own self. There was a point in your life, and he said, even in your own eyes, because Saul said this, hey, listen, I'm just, a, I'm just of the tribe of Benjamin, and my family is the least of those tribes. And Paul, Saul did not even believe he ought to be where he was. There was a moment in his life that he was humble, but because of his position, he was lifted up in pride, and he lost everything because he forgot where God found him. That, that song we were singing a while ago fits so perfect to where we are right here. You know what's happening in America? The Christians in America have forgotten where they were. They have forgotten where, listen, where they were when God found them. I'm telling you, we think we are untouchable. We really do. We think we're untouchable. We think the judgment of God can't come on America. Well, honey, I promise you this. The judgment of God is falling on America in this economy, and it's going to get worse, and we better open our eyes. We're obligated. We have a responsibility to obey. He is the king. He is our God. He is our savior. But boy, we, we, have, that, we have that attitude. I'm going to run my life. Okay. Okay. How's it working for you? How's it working for you? It seems every time that I took the wheel... I ended up in the ditch. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? How's it working for you? We have an obligation to obey. Not only, not only do we see that, and we're enjoying that point so much, we're going to go on to number two. How many of y'all believe that? How many of y'all believe that? We're obligated. He paid for us. He paid for us. I'm saved. Now God has a right to tell me how to live my life. Here's what we want. Here's what we want. We want, we want a ticket to heaven, but we want to still live like hell. We want, we want a ticket to get out, of, get out of hell and make it to heaven, but don't tell me what to do. Don't, don't come in my life. Don't get so involved that you want to run my life for me. It don't work that way. It really don't. We're obligated. Now he moves into a, another, another mode that, that we need to see about obedience, another truth about obedience. Listen, first we see the responsibility we have, the obligation we have to obey, but then I want you to see the reality of obedience. You know, some of us, some of us feel like we're okay. Some of us feel like, hey, hey, uh, we, we have the same attitude that Saul did. And, and, and this is what I mean by that. If you look at this story, Saul is doing good. I mean, he is going in here, he's a-hacking and a-cutting, and, and he is fighting, and he's destroying, and, and he's doing all of this stuff up until a point. I mean, he's fulfilling the will of God. He's obeying. He, he is completing. He's doing all this stuff up until a point. Now, wait a minute. That's a good-looking sheet right there. That's a good-looking... Man, I don't know about this. So what, what happened? Saul was willing to obey up until the point that it made sense to him. Y'all with me? You know what we're doing in America? As long as we understand what God is doing, then we're willing to obey. But then when God requests something that either we're not understanding or we don't like, then we go to backing up. But guess what God said? Incomplete. Say these words with me. Incomplete. Say it with me. Obedience equals 
complete disobedience. Well, but preacher, I did almost all of it. I didn't, I didn't really do all of it. I, I did almost all of it. Guess what? Incomplete obedience equals complete disobedience. Watch this. I would say probably 90% of what God asked him to do, he did. Probably 80 to 90% of what God asked him to do, he did. But watch what God calls it. In verse 19, Wherefore, then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and did evil in the sight of the Lord. Here's what we do. Now, Lord, I know you said for me to live this way and such and such, but, but uh, I don't really want to do that. But God, over here, I'll, I'll just... I'll, I'll just serve on more committees or I'll get more involved or I'll, I'll pay more in the offering. And, and if I do that, maybe you'll overlook my bitterness. Or if I, if I, because see, this is what he said. He said, look, we just kept them so we could, we could sacrifice them. We just kept them so we could give them back to God. We did wrong so we could do right. That is never right. God said, I don't want them sheep. I want you to do what I tell you to do. Now, here's what's happening in America today. We got churches full of bitterness. We got churches full of angry people. We got churches full of, uh, I'm talking about Hatfield and McCoy feuds going on in the house of God. Now, I don't know if you've read your Bible lately, but that's wrong. The Bible says we are to have a forgiving spirit. We're to have, we're to have a forgiving heart. We, and he even said this, if you're not willing to forgive your neighbor, I'm not going to forgive you. That's still in the Bible. Is that in your Bible? Doesn't the Bible say that, 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 listen, sex out of marriage is fornication, and that's wrong? And, and, and the Bible says that, listen, if we're going to have intimacy like that, we're to be married to that person. Are y'all with me? That's still in the Bible, isn't it? Isn't it? But what we'll do, we'll say we'll make up for it by we're going we're to do this amount of stuff and this amount of stuff, and God will overlook this just little bit of sin. Y'all with me? Y'all getting quiet on me. What are you doing, preacher? I'm just trying to keep it real. This is where we're at. This is where we're at. Listen, it's in, it's in that way in giving. You know, the Bible, the Bible says we're to tithe our, our income. The, the, we're to tithe our increase to God. It's, I mean, all the way through the Bible, you see that. Our giving and our tithing. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. That's not. You say, well, I'm going to just give this little bit. Incomplete obedience equals complete. And, and trust me, don't nobody get sideways with me because I don't know what any of y'all give. I have no idea. I, on purpose, do not look at anybody's giving record because I want to be able to come up here and say what the Bible says, and nobody says, he's just doing that to me. So, you know, if, if you come up to me and say, preacher, you're preaching me, you're just going to tell on yourself, so I just keep my mouth shut. Well, how do you know that's happening? The national average in America today, the national average in churches today in giving is about $30 per person. Our average in temple is $11 a person. $11. we are running, we're running right now the same amount of people as, as Decatur Baptist in, in, in Decatur, uh, and they have a staff of a gazillion people. We have five that's very tired. Say amen. Why? Because we're living in incomplete obedience. Now, here's what you're going to do. You're just about money. You're just about, no, here's the deal. If there is disobedience, there is a repercussion to disobedience. Are you all with me? 
and most of us are really bad struggling in our finances because we're not being obedient to what God says and we're living under the Malachi curse in America. Say amen. Incomplete obedience equals complete disobedience. Now here's what, here's what I know what you're thinking. Well, sometimes God asks me to do stuff I don't want to do. Me too. Me too. I, I, just this past week, uh, man, I was, I was coon hunting with some, some friends of mine and some older gentlemen, and, uh, and uh, my dog was in there, and, he, and, 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 and she's, she's just young, and, and, and another gentleman had, had a dog out there, and, and it was kind of like a trade dog. Some of y'all won't understand all of this, but it was, this is one I've, I'm raising, and, it's, it's kinda, and I get attached to my dog. So this dog over here is just one that comes in and out. He'll probably sell or trade. And it nipped at my dog. Man, that flew all over me, Dave. I'm telling you, that just... And it wasn't bad enough that I made it out to be, but boy, it got, I got an attitude. I'm telling you, I got an attitude. And, th- and them older gentlemen was up by the truck, and I got my dog. Come on, baby, come on, come on. You can, all the way to my truck. And I got to my truck, and I put my dog in, and they said, what's that? It's down there, down there. And just had an attitude. I mean, just a bad attitude. And, and, uh, and that, that one particular gentleman whose dog, he, he, he left to go get his dog. And, 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 man, I started running my mouth. I started running my mouth, and uh, uh, I tell you what that dog's mean. I don't know why he, I, I don't even want to hunt a trade dog. My goodness gracious, if I had a dog like that, I, and I mean, I felt real good. Come back, I got in my truck, and I'm headed home. And somebody got in the truck with me. How many of y'all he gets in the truck with you? That's what he said. He, he said, he said, Pastor, and I hate when he pulls that card out, I'm telling you. What, what, what was that, was that really that bad a deal? And you know he already knows, so you got to be honest. Well, no. Well, was, was that all that you said and all that you done? Was it really, did he really deserve all that? No. Well, I think you need to apologize. I don't know about y'all. I hate that. I know I shouldn't, but I hate having to apologize. I really do. I said, I said, well, I said, I'll call him. I'll call him, Lord. He said, no, you ain't. I said, what you mean? He said, you said all that stuff in front of them other two gentlemen. You need to apologize in front of them. Oh, man. How many of y'all know it's hard to apologize, but then it's hard to apologize in front of two grown other men? Okay. Now, Junior, you smiling because you, you, you... It's Wayne. It's Wayne. Y'all's over there. I come back to the clubhouse a couple days later. How many of you think God's going to forget it? God will forget, and I want. I walked in the club, and, and and Dave, this place was full of people, full of people. And I went over there and sat down. I got me a, I got me an oatmeal cookie, got me a coat, and I'm sitting there, and I'm 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 just enjoying the conversation until somebody walked in. 
it was the Lord. He didn't bother nobody in that room. Come down and sat beside me. He said, all right, Malcolm, there he is. I said, Lord, I'm going to just wait till they all leave, and I'll, I'll, you know, when it's just Wayne, Bob, and Wilford in there, I'll, I'll do it. He said, no, good, now as good as time as any. I said, but God, there's a bunch of people in here. Now, I know y'all are so spiritual. Y'all never argue with God like that. But I'm telling you, I thought he was going to crush my larynx if I didn't. So I got up and I sat at the table. Wayne was sitting there eating a hot dog. I said, Wayne, I said, I owe you an apology. I said, that other night in the woods, your dog kind of nipped at mine a little bit, and I got an attitude about it. And it wasn't that big a deal, but I acted like a big baby. And, and I said, Wayne, would you forgive me? And right then, one of the other old men looked up and said, I told you! And I was like, he looked at Wayne and said, I told you he was mad! <laughs> and I'm like, oh no! I said, guys, I apologize. Now here's the deal. What if I hadn't apologized? And this crowd of people who hear me, and matter of fact, just the other day, last week, last week, Brother Junior, he's sitting over there right now, he got to talking about church and, and revival broke out in that room. I mean, he started talking about church and, and being right with God and all that stuff, and God gave me an opportunity, son, I, I preached it wide open, the whole plan of salvation to them all. I mean, it was just way too easy of an opportunity. Say amen. And then called attitude. Now, I know some of y'all are looking at me like you don't never have an issue. Yeah, I preached one day and had a pout session the next. I, I did. But I apologized. Now, here's the deal. I didn't want to. I did just soon had a root canal with no Novocaine. I didn't want to apologize. I didn't even want to go in it. But I had a choice. I was either going to be obedient and have the blessings of God on my life or be disobedient and having the judgment of God on my life. Now here, what I didn't know is they were talking about it before I even got there. I had no idea that they were talking about my attitude and how, how mad I got and how I showed my behind. Yeah, I said it. But God knew. And God knew what I needed to do to make it right. And I needed to be obedient to what he commanded me to do. And I'm just saying all this to, for, for a reason. There are things that God wants you to do and God is commanding you to do that you don't understand, you don't like, but God always has a reason. In this situation with the Amalekites, later on you'll find out that it was an Amalekite that finally took the life of Saul. Because of his disobedience here, it cost him his life later on and here's the point incomplete obedience is complete disobedience if God is telling you that, and you got all against somebody you need to make that right if you've been cheating people at work you need to stop that if there is something I, I wanted to make this list I want to make this real practical list about things that, that I see in the church and things that I see in the church in America that's going on and, 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 and this is what God said don't worry about that they know 
You know right now, while I'm speaking right now, you know right now what God is speaking to your heart about that you need to deal with and you need to pay attention to. Am I right? Now the question is, there's no aha moment. Matter of fact, I'm through. I'm, I'm done. That's it. We don't even need the rest of the, don't even need the, rest of the outline. We're, the question is this. Are we going to be obedient or are we going to be disobedient? Are we going to be obedient and do what God is telling us to do and live in our life the way he wants us to live and save our testimony? Or are we going to be disobedient and say, no, God, I'm not going to apologize. I'm, going to, I'm just going to keep on and everything's going to be all right and let that whole crowd think that I'm a hypocrite. That I may preach in there one day and then have an attitude the next without making it right. Now, guys, I want to say this, and I'm going to have to sit down because I'm about to die. It's not bad to have an issue. It's bad to keep an issue. Listen, everybody's human. Everybody makes mistakes. But the difference between Saul and David, I never thought about this, Dave. Saul's issue wasn't as bad as David's. David committed adultery and then had the woman's husband killed. I can't see where Saul's was as bad as that, can you? Saul's wasn't nowhere near as bad as that. But when Saul was confronted, he made excuses. When Saul was confronted, he said, I did. He did it up until the point that he understood, and to him, that was obedience, but not to God. And then he started blaming everybody else. They done it. It was them. It was them. Yet he kept King Ahag as a trophy when God told him to destroy him. You ain't going to get out of it. But see, the difference between Saul and David is when David was confronted with his sin, he said, Oh, God, forgive me. If you will read the, if you will read the repentance chapter in Psalms, David said, I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned. In other words, he took full responsibility. And God forgave him. And God touched him. Now the question is, what are we going to do? Because see, the preacher, God has done told the preacher what to say. Now what are you going to do with it? Are we going to live a life of obedience and have the favor of God and the blessings of God and the anointing of God? Or are we going to go in complete disobedience and not fulfill and complete the will of God in our life and have the judgment of God on our life? Man, I want to be obedient in every, every area of my life. I want to be obedient in my giving. I want to be obedient in my living. I want to be obedient. If there is, if, if there is an issue, I want to make it right. Well, how do I know if there's an issue? Don't play that with me. God will tell you. I didn't think, I didn't go into that room and think, hmm, there was something I was supposed to do. No, sir. The Holy Spirit came into me and it was like a roaring lion in my heart saying, you better apologize. And you know what? He's that way. He's not a God up in heaven wanting us to guess. And I know this is a whole lot tighter than I want to get. And I don't like, I promise you, this probably what's got me sick in my, my physical body because I know the spiritual strain is on me having to preach a message like this. I can't stand this. I'd rather preach on grace and mercy and love and let's all get along. Amen? 
But this is what we need right now at this moment in our church. We need to understand that incomplete obedience is complete disobedience. And all God's people say it. Father, in Jesus' name.